Maximize Your ROL, or Your Return on Luck. Um, that's the title of today's uh, interview. And today I'm delighted to be talking to a, a, a wonderful gentleman. He really is uh, lovely to talk to, Simon Severino. Simon is uh, someone I've pursued for a while and uh, delighted to have him here. He's the CEO of Strategy Sprints. And Simon and his formidable team, he does have a formidable team with him, teach growth strategy and, and innovation in selected MBA courses right across Europe. And in his words, speed and accountability are the key to surviving the current crisis and, importantly, the winning massive market shares afterwards. It's, it's all about, he says, speeding up your go-to market with sprints, the term he uses for his whole philosophy, in preparing your team's forward strategic focus um, and getting reliable execution. I might mention that Simon has worked with some amazing organisations, a lot of Fortune 500 boards and companies from as wide a part as New York to Beijing. Um, and uh, in addition to that, he's had clients such as uh, DuPont, uh, Hewlett-Packard, uh, and so forth. So he's a man with his distinguished track record and respected by those who know. So, Simon, delighted to have you here. Thanks for making your time available today. So cool to be here, Brian. Um, so we'll run right into it. So I've, I've prepared a few questions for you. I haven't done trip you up here. But um, the first one is one of the things that you say is fall in love with the problem, not the solution. Could you expand on that a little? When we are the business owner and we found the business, usually, especially the first businesses that you start, you start them around something that you are an expert in. You are good at doing X, so you start the X product and then it becomes an X business. And you are very good at doing it, which is, it has pros and cons because when you're good at at doing it, you are a great product manager, but uh, growing a business from that position is nearly impossible. To grow a business, you have to get out of fulfillment and work on the business instead of in the business as soon as possible. So the first problem is getting out of the bottleneck position and working on the business instead of in the business. The second problem is you know how to do stuff and you know that it's, your solution is great, so you fall in love with the solution. But there is a trick in that because the solution changes every couple of years. Let's make an example. So we always think in people and product. So let's say the people you serve are mothers. Their problem is that they have limited time during the day and your solution is a calendar made of paper. Now, if you fall in love with the solution, you will market the hell out of your paper calendar and you will try to roll it out globally. But then the next technological solution for that problem will come up soon and it will be a digital calendar on their phone and later it will be something going from their watch or from their glasses. So the technological solution shifts all the time. With technological evolution, the solution to their problem changes. That's why you should not stick to the solution. You should stick to your target audience, in that case, mothers, and really fall in love with them and with the problems that they have. And one of them is having limited amount of time. So concentrate on that. Make it, make it your obsession 
to think about how they can better deal with time and what you can build, but do not fall in love with the things that you build. You will have to substitute them regularly. I love that observation. I've not heard it expressed in that way before, Simon. So it, as you say, it's, it's the tools, and they are. They're so rapidly changing, and calendars is such a great example. <laughs> Goodness me. So um, and another thing, um, something that I saw quoted that you had said, uh, you said you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Delightful expression. Could you expand on your view of that, please? Yes. So think of high performers. They have their goals, but especially they have systems. They have routines in place and habits. And if I had to pick one, I would rather have great systems in place. Another example from right now, this funky year 2020, when we had this lockdown and all schools were closed and then some schools tried to just go on in a remote way, the schools who had systems, they were ready for the crisis. They could continue educate. But the schools who had no systems, they had really just closed and some of them uh, are still struggling. So if I can, and whatever the goals of that school was, it was not helpful in this crisis situation. So you never rise to the level of your goals. Goals don't help you in hard times, but systems do because you, you just fall as low as your systems are solid because your systems, they work from themselves, they can adapt, and they have levels and standards that they can always deliver. That's the definition of a system. So I love goals. We even have right now a LinkedIn challenge where every sprinter is posting their monthly goals and we clap and we keep each other accountable and we love it. But you know what? Also that, the monthly goals is a system. So every month we do that and it's a system also that we keep each other accountable by posting it and by clapping it and by supporting and by challenging. So also that has a systems part. I love that. And I love the applause. That's, that's a lovely innovation. Uh, I'll give you credit for that. So uh, we're, 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 all, we're, we're all victims of to-do lists, aren't we? Tasks, whether they're in Trello or wherever they may be or in your Outlook or whatever. Um, it's, a re- it's a real issue. There's, there's so many there, they become intimidating. What, what's your recipe for, for attacking your long list of tasks, Simon? I have been working with GTD, the method invented by David Allen, and it is so helpful on a level of personal productivity for me as a CEO. It basically has eliminated all these long lists. I have just one list. It's called the project list. And then I have tasks and it's just the next action. What is the one next action needed to move that project forward? And the project list is just 10 projects. I limit myself to 10 relevant projects. And you know, we we run a global business in four continents and it's very impactful and it's intense, but I have just 10 projects right now that I am moving forward. And for every project, I have only one next action. Every morning, I pick three of them. It's my top three. And 
by lunch, I try to have that finished. And later, then I check emails, I have meetings, etc. And there is only one next action per project. So I have 10 tasks, basically. I prioritize three, I do them. That's my day. I love it. You sound very disciplined. <laughs> so that's something we'd all like to learn, that technique. And uh, um, I think something else, and this you, you allude to that there with your project list and 10 a day is, and I, I like you only do one action per task. So that rather than getting bogged down with successive elements of it. So um, the other thing I, I think... You know what the funny thing is? I'm not disciplined at all. I am a creative guy. I'm a freedom guy. I jump from idea to idea. That's why I'm a good CEO because I'm, I'm, I'm good at jumping from idea to idea, at starting stuff and then jumping to the next. So I am the opposite of a disciplined person. That's why I have systems because mm-hmm. they counterbalance and, mm-hmm. and you need that to execute. Yeah, without your systems, I don't suspect I'll be talking to you today because you've got a very disciplined process that we, we work through to, uh, to have our time spending chatting now so that that leads through to i suppose what you're doing there is is taking the most direct path to the to the answer to the solution um could you expand on that a little bit unless you've already covered it in that previous question i asked you yeah we have one product that we have it's called the strategy sprint it's a 90-day one-to-one growth coaching so you get one sprint coach and in 90 days the goal is to double your revenue free up time and have better systems. So people come in and uh, every, every week I see dozens of people who have a goal of doubling their revenue by doing more marketing. So w- what's your bottleneck is always the first question that the sprint coach asks, what's your current bottleneck? And they mm-hmm. say, I need more leads. So let's do more marketing. And in 90% of the cases, they don't need more leads because it's like a leaky bucket. If you put more water into it, it doesn't get better. You have to first optimize the fulfillment process. And this is where we usually start working with our clients. The core operations, your main fulfillment. Let's make that a wonderful experience. And then from there, what can we cut out? What can we delegate, automate, systemize in a way that it's easier to do and becomes more and more scalable? But first, let's make the experience that you create with your client a really transformative experience, a wow experience that they go out and tell their friends, hey, you have to do this. This is wonderful and this is why. So this is the most direct path. And most people, they dance around it. They have 17 different things that they are doing. And then every week in a podcast, on on a conference, they see new things. Oh, now I have to do growth hacking. Oh, now I have to do Instagram challenges. And so they have 21 activities going on. But none of them is the most direct path to their growth. So we help them focus on just the one current bottleneck solving that and to the one thing that will really scale their business. Right. So it's really focusing on the key element and not being too distracted by all the bright shining objects, which are out there every moment of the day. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. So, so the, the other part which you, I think you're leading to um, is you do, you do three of your major tasks a day. Um, and, and you mentioned about bottlenecks. You start at the beginning with your, with your program and you say, what's your current bottleneck? When you've, when you've attacked and solved that one, what's your, what's your next step? Yeah, the first thing is we divide in fulfillment, marketing and sales and say, okay, how is fulfillment? And we have a quick way of analyzing how's fulfillment right now. Then sales, how is sales right now? And then marketing, how is the marketing system? So we check form, fit and function of the fulfillment system, the sales system and the marketing system. And then we know what we need to repair next because every team needs a focus per week. We work in sprints and the sprint length is seven days. So for seven days, we solve one problem. And that's an internal problem. And it can be, how can we, we make it easier for our client to onboard? Or how can we upsell more from current uh, happy customers? Or how can we get more referrals? from current happy customers, whatever that one problem is that we want to solve per week, we focus on that. And um, we have a very simple way of identifying, is it an operations problem? Is it a sales problem? Or is it a marketing problem? And we don't solve marketing problems before we have solved operational problems because first you have a great product and then you tell the world and inform others about it. So there is a certain logical order in what you repair first. We go through our small checklist and I can share that checklist with your audience later, how they can find in 15 minutes their bottleneck and then just concentrate the whole team on solving this one thing. And you know what? Teams feel so proud if they just do one thing per week because then they can really measure the result. It's like Angry Birds. You do something and it says immediately 500 points. And then you do something, it says immediately 800 points. You don't wait for three weeks until you get that feedback. And people want this. It's very natural for us to feel our impact, to feel progress, to see what we have built with our hands. So teams love it. And after seven days, you measure and then you see, oh, we have solved. It's a plus four there and it's a plus 2.3 there. This was our result. How can we make it even 1% more next week? And that's the team spirit we want to help achieve. A spirit which is gamified, where everybody's working together on solving one thing and then you feel it and then you celebrate progress every week. I love that. It's, uh, you, you, you explain these things very succinctly, Simon. Um, there's no doubt about it. You say you're creative. Um, you certainly are. But I think in the way that you've, say you've expressed it, it's really very concise and very clear and understandable. And um, I, I suppose what I'd like you to do, if I can ask you to sort of um, speak to us a bit randomly, is, is what would you recommend to, to business owners listening today about going about this process themselves with their business in the, in the current climate that we're talking about in the middle of, you know, in, in, in 2020? 
2020 is a funky year and uh, we recommend everybody to take sales very seriously right now. This is why we are giving away our process or of identifying your sales bottleneck because you need cash right now. Nobody knows how this will evolve. And even if you are right now growing through, through what's going on out there, it is not certain. So even if you have a very large runway right now, it doesn't mean that it's a runway. It could be just a reserve. So nobody knows what's coming. This is why we say, take your sales really seriously and use this time to optimize your sales process. So what I have, what I've given, what, what, what we have created for your audience and the first 30 of them can, can even have a 45 minutes call with us and identify their sales bottleneck number one. They will find it on strategiesprints.com slash sales. And it's a 15 minutes exercise. When they go through that, they will know their current number one sales bottleneck. And one of us will talk for 45 minutes with them to help them operationalize, implement that, really do it. So my, my advice number one is this is time to take sales seriously. And elements of a serious sales process are it is repeatable, it works without you, it, is, it has not a, a key people risk. So if one person uh, gets out of the team, your whole process breaks down. And it is semi-automated. There is a flow of things. There are five to eight stages that are built in a way that can be done by everybody and it brings repeatable results. And the key elements are the one sales script and the 10 elements of how to write that and the main sales number. So what are the key numbers that you have to track every day and, every, and measure and exchange in a team every seven days? These are the key elements of the sales process uh, independently of what you are selling Use this time to optimize that. It might be the key differentiator. Thank you, Simon. I'm fascinated by that. You know, um, I, you've been so succinct with your answers. I've sort of run, run out of questions here. What I'd love you to do, and I think the, the audience would enjoy this as well, was give us a little bit of your philosophy, share a bit of, of that, and a bit of maybe some of your case studies. You've worked with some amazing clients. I know you've had some tremendous results. Um, perhaps you could give... That's a bit of an idea there, things that might be a bit of a clue and a help for our listeners. Sure. One of our clients who's really having amazing results started when he went out of a big corporation and he started his own business as a consultant, a growth consultant himself. So he knew how to do it, but he said, with a coach, I can be much more focused. I can be, I have much higher accountability. Mm. So he started out and uh, we created the very first positioning, the eight steps of how to create your positioning in the market. And we started with the Blue Ocean strategy, mapping out his uniqueness and what's, what's unique about his offering. 
in week two, he was doing everything, right? Because in the, in the first year, when you found something, you are doing everything. You are the IT department, the fulfillment mm -hmm. department, the sales department. You are every department. So we had to get him as soon as possible out of the weeds. And we did that in month two because he had at that time two clients. So we were building the product with him and in parallel writing down. So we were basically helping him doing videos of what he does. And these videos became the first two systems, the client onboarding system and the fulfillment system. And from that, we, start, we continued analyzing how he spends his time. So he was still 80% in the business. So we tried to cut out 10 more percent of his week. So every week we would cut out a little bit of time from being in the business to working on the business. Yeah, 90 days later, he had a great business and uh, he was still doing fulfillment, but he had a very great plan of how to get out of fulfillment. He did the second sprint. In the second sprint, he was out of fulfillment. And for one year, he was just doing sales. And in his third year, he was not even doing sales anymore. He was now just being the owner and enjoying how the whole thing grows. That, that's a lovely story. It certainly relates. I, I love the incremental way you got him leveraging himself by 10% at a time so that you're not trying to do too much at once. But it's uh, it, for, the, for the owner who loves everything that they do, it's bearable to part with things, as, as we all know, I think. You know, letting go is the biggest challenge for a lot of owners. And uh, I suppose what, what, I, what I see, if I can remark on that, the, the fantastic thing about that was he came to you right at the beginning rather than after you dug a big hole for himself after 12 or 18 months. Yeah, it's much harder at the beginning because you don't know. You have still to validate the offer. You have still to build the product. So there is many cons in starting with the coach at the very, very early stage. Usually people come and they have a business running and they just want to scale it. Mm. But this example shows that when you, when you start with the coach, and of course, he, he was working really intensely. And, uh, but when you start from the beginning, you can have from the get-go the right foundations and the right strategy and the right positioning in the market. If you get that straight, the next steps, which are getting out of fulfillment, getting out of sales, and, and then exiting, they can um, be much easier because you have solid foundations of what you're doing. And then the rest just really is a logical order of letting go and of hiring the right people. Right. Actually, it brings to mind an article I was reading very recently by one of the founders of LinkedIn. I can't remember his name now, but there were two of them. And he said that they were, they were in troubled waters. They just weren't nailing it until they decided they would follow that philosophy of yours and just totally focus the whole organization and a small number of people at that stage, they would focus on one thing, one problem alone. And I love that, that's that philosophy. So we'd never see LinkedIn if they hadn't have adopted that process. 
Oh, I don't know. I've never worked with uh, LinkedIn, but I love the idea. And this is, and this is powerful. If you focus on the one thing, first, you have an intentional decision because you never pick the one thing randomly. So you think about it. And, and this is an important thing to do a sharp, short analysis of what the root cause is and the root bottleneck. And then everybody is working towards one goal. So you have team spirit. You have people helping each other, supporting, applauding, challenging each other. And then you can measure it. And the numeric value is so important because if you can measure it, then you can improve it. If you can measure it, the whole attention is there. And it becomes more transparent, more fair also, and more objective. Instead of, I think we should do X, you know, well, the data says if we do 14 of these, we get two of these, so we will do 28. And this is a much better way of working together. And, and it's also more fun because at the end, business is also lifetime. You know, it's a lot of time that we put in there. So mm. it should also be fun. Yeah, it's the least reward you need for all the emotional energy that you, <laughs> you expend, that's for sure. Um, and it can be very stressful. This is taking, I think it's when all these ideas are wrapping around in your head is when the stress really mounts up and uh, takes its toll because you're trying to address too many things at once. But if you really focus on one thing, then I can appreciate it means you've got a settled brain. You know, you're not dashing here, there and everywhere. You're just looking at one thing. So um, it's a bit like the, Olymp the Olympiads, isn't it? For, you're training for the Olympics. You, 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 you approach one element of what you do at a time. Um, Simon, Absolutely. I've really enjoyed the chat. I don't know if there's anything you'd like to add. I mean, it's been delightful talking to you. Um, and I'm indebted to you for giving us your time. I really do appreciate that. Um, and I'm sure everyone will join me in saying thanks very much indeed. Is there anything you'd like to add as a, as a footer to today's conversation? I can maybe share when, when you say the Olympics and how can people listening to this do it right now, this week. So if you want to try it out this week, try to have just three numbers and to measure them every seven days with your team. The first number, pick something around revenue. So it can be recurring revenue or number of franchise contract closed, can be new added revenue, but make it one number and track it numerically every seven days. And then the secondary metrics, make it around the confidence of your team. How does the team feel? the exec team or whatever team you pick, how does the team feel about reaching the goals of next week? And then the third metric, make it one around the end customer. What's the NPS, net promoter score? Or if you are early stage, to how many clients did you talk and what did you learn? So if you just have three numbers every seven days, it will make your life so much easier you will be so much more focused. Try it out and tell me how it, how it went. I love that. So is that something you, you, you change those focuses over time as you feel you've nailed one? Or is that something you'd make a long-term project to, for example, you know, the, have the uh, reviewing, reviewing, say, your, your income every, every seven days? 
We do it every seven days with every, with every client, every seven days. So oh, what's your sprint goal? And it's, it's a revenue goal. The rev, it's a revenue-related number. And then we have the confidence of the team in reaching that number and from 1 to 10. And the NPS, how amazed is your current user, customer? So with these three numbers, we ask them every seven days and, and we show them visually how the line goes up. And we want to see that line going up. Otherwise, we are doing something wrong and we have to re, reshape and rethink. I love that. Um, Simon, thank you, thank you so much. I, I, I really do appreciate the time you've given to me and, um, and I'm sure everyone will, will relish it as well. So um, who knows? Maybe we'll get a chance to talk again sometime. I'm sure there's a lot more we can share. So I'll just recommend to everybody... Um, that address to go to um, to take advantage of Simon's generous offer there, it's strategysprints.com forward slash sales. They're pretty straightforward. And have a look there and start on that process of identifying your bottlenecks. So thanks again, Simon. I really do appreciate it. I hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your day and look forward to chatting to you again sometime. Thanks, Brian. Keep rolling.